Fink and you are joining me for the Cat Fink cast. Um, today we're going to be talking about design process. So how to get from the intention of making a thing, something, to being ready to actually purchase materials and and begin cutting. Something that I, I found when I was starting my circus career was this sense that there was a correct way to do things, that there was a right answer that was the one and only right answer. And that if I could just figure out what the right way to do things was, then I would never waste my time training inefficiently. I would never, um, you know, make any mistakes. And it was a sure recipe for success. So uh, <laughs> a little forenote that I'm going to stick in here is that this is my idea of design process at this moment in time as it applies to me. <laughs> and so, you know, obviously, hopefully, the the idea is that some of this information is going to be useful for um, other people, but I don't have the right answer and nobody does. And I think that that's an important thing for us to all remember in whatever it is that we're doing. For sure, there are some wrong ways to do things, which is to say, you know, injuries happen when you do things the wrong way. So obviously, when you're talking about woodwork, um, sometimes there's things that are probably paths you shouldn't go down. But um, the magical right way doesn't exist. So what I'm going to be offering you here today is just a, uh, a little flow through of my approach. And definitely feel free to, yeah, modify and, and figure out what works best for you. So I guess the, um, the first thing that I want to address is why, why would you bother with a design process? Why wouldn't you just sort of say, uh, I've got a, a concept in my head of what it is I want to do. And I am an artist. Um, I'm going to follow my bliss. And we'll see where it takes me. And hey, you know, it's possible that for some people that that method works, but there are definitely a lot of very good arguments for planning ahead, um, hashing out your ideas and and kind of learning <laughs> a little bit more about what mistakes you might run into. And at the end of the day, I'd say one of the major benefits of, of doing a really good job in your design process is a little bit of insurance for yourself against waste. And I would say the big things that get wasted would be your time in having to go back and repeat things over when you, you realize that you didn't plan for something to quite go the way that it uh, has ended up. And then the other, of course, is materials. Um, and especially at this point in our history where we're starting to realize that our resources are not completely limitless and uh, we're talking about trees and these beautiful materials that we, we get the pleasure of working with, it's a good idea to not waste them <laughs> and not be too too negligent about that. So um let's let's jump right in i guess the first step is going to be inspiration so the f you want to start out with 
gathering your ideas and your um your thoughts on not only what it is you you want to make because sometimes you're like yeah I'm gonna build a table it's gonna be for this person and I'm just gonna make exactly the table that this person has made me to make okay that's fine um but if there's your own artistic process involved in it and also you know it's possible that even beyond your concepts of art it could be that there are things that people want or would want to be a part of of a design and they just don't know it yet you know and so even if somebody comes to you and says uh, yeah, this is what I want and I'd like it to look like this. Sometimes it can be worth the time to um, to dig a little bit deeper and propose a couple of things that are outside of that. And they might be like, oh yeah, that's amazing. Or they might turn around and say, no, I know exactly what I want. If somebody knows exactly what they want, then boom, you, you go with that. But um, yeah, so for inspiration, like where do you get your inspiration from oh my god like uh, movies music you might um gosh there was um a tv show called the expanse it's a really great sci-fi show that i've been enjoying and there's uh this career politician woman on earth and she has this incredible uh looks like it's carved from wood like screen so it it looks like hanging netting or hanging like fabric kind of but it's carved out of wood it's fabulous I love it um and I'd love to to use that idea I'd love to um use that as inspiration for something and I'm sure that I will at some point so you never know when when you're going to kind of latch on to something and if something actually moves you and and you look at it and you say oh I really like that like that's those are absolutely correct impulses for you to make note of and hold on to and draw it down in your sketchbook or whatever you know like it's it's worth having a little file somewhere or a little book somewhere where you can just kind of dump this stream of consciousness sort of stuff um, because you know and sometimes it sits there for years sometimes it's just uh, a repository for whatever but sometimes you actually go back through and you're like yeah this was a really good idea or um or what the hell was I talking about and I don't I don't even know what this is about but it can lead you down uh, a rabbit hole that can be very rich um so I think those are great it's great to write little uh little creative love notes or little treasure troves to your future self and uh, see what you you're going to find Uh, sometimes it's not something that you quite have the skills to act on at this moment in time I know that I'm definitely in that category at this point in my woodworking career there's things that I want to do and again if you're listening to this then you're going to know that you know having a, uh, a background of like 16 years in the circus means that I'm probably going to refer to my circus career as as a point of reference and so again for me the way that I think of it is like I'm I'm building an act and there's something that I want to create and there's this 
point that I want to put a movement or a, a specific trick in, but I don't actually have that trick yet. I can't do it physically yet. I don't have the skills, but I'm going to write it into the act anyways. And I'm going to build the act towards the intention of being able to um, train up that that particular element and then be able to add it eventually. And so, yeah, I think I think love notes to your future self who might have more uh, physical or technical skills or different tools than you have at the moment. I think it can be a really great idea. Um. <clears throat> what else inspiration oh my god nature you know just like being out and about how many pieces of of incredible art or architecture or you know whatever have you seen that you're like oh yeah that looks like water or oh yeah that looks like trees or um you know whatever like obviously we're surrounded by uh, an incredible world where things grow and and um the trial and error and the evolution of the structures that as nature has built them is obviously very wise and it's very brilliant these are things that have been um, tested by the elements for a lot a lot of years and these can be like great ideas on how to structure things and um, how things might be able to come together in a way that's going to be very strong and effective so a great place for for getting inspiration um also consider your audience consider who it is that you're doing this for if you're building this for yourself then you know you you get to build to your own pleasure if you're building for a client or for a friend or a family member you know considering what that person's um tastes are like and what that person is like and how they will interact with the piece and all of these things like question yourself about what the life of this piece will be and try to build towards it having a really wonderful life um not to sound too (laughs) a little bit too woo woo there but I I think that it's a a nice way to work is in consideration of the life that the thing is going to actually have and the way it's going to be enjoyed so um next step is you need to begin sketching and you don't need to be uh hypercritical about this so a lot of people work um with computers these days a lot of people work uh with pen and paper however you work um i am definitely not somebody who can just pull up a computer program and <laughs> sketch or be creative I I need to be able to put pencil to paper and I need to draw a lot of different lines because for sure the first thing that I put down is not going to look very nice so sketches are exactly that they are very rough ideas and you don't need to um, criticize yourself on your drawing skills you need to pay attention to what it is you're wanting to express And that's the important part. Um, You can get lots of different ideas out very quickly. Sketching and um, tracing paper is a really fabulous way to like get kind of a baseline of a shape that you like or something like this. And then if you have different elements that you want to try, then um, 
get tracing paper and draw those different things onto something that's then going to be removable so that you can try something else after. Then you want to make some choices and, and draw in a little bit more detail. You want to actually get out um, some straight edges and some uh, measuring elements and begin drawing to a scale. Uh, depending on what it is that you're working on, you might be able to, it might be within reason for you to draw to a one-to-one -one scale. I think this is a fabulous idea. Certainly this is how I was taught to design is drawing um, to the size that the, the piece is actually intended to be. It's really, really useful for figuring out your joinery, for figuring out you know, the technical details of how this piece is actually going to functionally come together. And, um, you know, obviously, if you're making something huge, <laughs> I mean, even at that point, there's argument for, for still, um, at least in the places where there is going to be joinery, you know, drawing these things out to, to full scale. Um, again, like I said, some people are, are operating entirely on um, computers these days, but I'd say especially if you do do that, then the next step is, is probably going to be pretty important. I think that modeling um, is incredibly useful and it can seem really intimidating at first because you feel like, well, why would I build a... <laughs> Why would I build this piece so that I can then build the piece, you know? But with models, what we're talking about is cardboard or plywood or, you know, whatever materials you have to work with that can work for you. Uh, it can be things hot glued together. Hot glue is amazing for this part of the process and it can feel very um, um, rinky dink if you think of yourself as, you know, a serious craftsperson or you know, whatever, but um, it can be so useful to be able to kind of stick things together. And if it doesn't quite work that way, you pull it apart and uh, add something, subtract st something, you know, kind of just jam it together and hot glue and cardboard, man, you can do a lot with it. Um, it's really useful. This is an opportunity for you to take a flat element and draw the details in um, so you don't have to actually technically do anything difficult you can be like and here I'm going to cut in some relief or I'm going to whatever route uh, a design in this space or there's going to be marquetry here or who knows whatever it is that that you're moved by and you can just kind of sketch it on or you can print it off on your computer and, and tape it on to the surface of the thing. But the thing that's very, very advantageous about building a model and then having a one-to-one -one scaled piece is you can actually have a sense of how realistic this piece is. Sometimes our eyes are bigger than our stomachs, so to say, with, um, with these things. And, and you have this idea that you want something to be really heavy or very very light or you know you name it we get these ideas in our heads of what it is that we want and sometimes when you take a moment to 
to flesh it out, um, you, <laughs> you realize standing next to the thing that it's ridiculous, um, that it's, it's way too big or it's way too heavy or it's just, you know, it uh, visually doesn't work. And, and that's the beauty of having this, you know, usually a little bit janky looking, but nonetheless, like a good, solid one-to-one representation of what this thing that you're planning to put all this time and, and material and effort into doing, um, it, it helps you make those decisions based on something very real. Uh, a model is something that you can bring home from your workshop and stick in the the place where you intend this thing to go if you're um, planning to build this blanket chest then it can the model can sit at the end foot of your bed and uh, you can make decisions based on that it can be very very useful something that you can do with your model if you want a little bit more detail is um, you can do like one element out of you know whatever scrap wood you can uh, get some poplar say if you're uh, doing a a table or if you're doing a case piece whatever the case may be but you want to look at the detail of one leg or uh, like the way that you're thinking about doing a curve in this one place and um, you can actually do one corner of it closer to the design that you would actually do you would actually uh, flesh it out with real wood uh, whether that's scrap wood or something more um, true true to the design but it gives you a chance to see it even in uh, further detail from what it is that you were uh, were doing with the model so um, it gives you a lot of room to do shaping to try like tapers or curves, things like that. Your bandsaw is your friend. <laughs> bandsaw is an amazing tool to be able to rough things out and um, and get an idea of what it is that you're wanting to do. Definitely experience the piece as you intended it. And part of that, what I was saying, in, in like put it in the place that you um, are thinking that it will actually live, a big part of that is also just remember to get it off your workbench. Um, sometimes you can spend all this time working on a model and you're, you're doing it up on a table. It's going to be really important that you take it off the table and put it on the ground and recognize the fact that, you know, in most cases, you're going to be looking at it from a very different angle, um, on a day to day basis than you were while the entire time that you were creating the thing. And sometimes as, as, a a woodworker or a builder or a creator or anything, we um, we have a tendency to think of things in the way that they look as we're creating them. And that's very different from the way that this thing will be experienced for the entire rest of its life. And sometimes it's uh, it's difficult to get outside of our own experience and forget that, you know, most people won't be looking at this thing from underneath. <laughs> or from you know just directly face on the side of it like mm, most furniture isn't experienced at the level of your face most furniture is experienced from above generally speaking so um yeah all of this all of this design can be really good for getting yourself out of your own experience and out of your own head and um into 
the experience of the user. Okay, so the next thing that you're going to be doing is drawing in detail. So you've started out, you've made some changes to your, your model, you've come up with a, uh, a clearer plan of what it is that you want to do. The next thing that you need to do is get full detailed drawings. And this means at least three angles. You want to get that full front elevation. You want to get a full side elevation to scale. You want to have the plan view um, looking down at the thing from above with you know a sense of transparency so that you can plan out the joints so that you can um, decide where things are going to overlap and where things aren't and um, it's so easy oh my gosh it's so easy especially as you start to get into a piece that has more uh, complex elements coming together to um, just kind of forget about something until you're passing it through a machine you've got you know your router set up or a jig for whatever set up <laughs> and you realize that you just blew through the side of fill in the blank whatever other joinery you ha you have cut into this piece already and it's kind of heartbreaking and obviously you know there are uh, solutions to every problem <laughs> which is a huge part of life and uh, art and woodworking for sure but it's nice if we can look forward uh, enough to not have to um, fix quite as so many of those mistakes so yeah get get as many details into your drawings as possible and I'm I'm very guilty of not doing this or not not wanting to do this <laughs> I guess I'll say um I've definitely been guilty in the past of being like okay I'm just gonna like whip up something practical like I'm just gonna make this spice rack and it's gonna be made of like four pieces of wood and I don't need to plan anything because it's just four pieces of wood and and then you get partway through the thing and you're like, oh, wait, this doesn't quite go together that way. Wait, how was I? What did I want to do with this? And it's amazing how quickly we can get lost <laughs> in four pieces of wood. So, um, yeah, take take the extra time, even for something that seems very simple at the outset. And like, for sure, at some point, you're going to know exactly what you're doing with something and and maybe certain projects aren't going to require as much of a uh, a concentrated plan but eh, it's still worth it and with what i was saying i'm i'm guilty of for sure is getting to a point where i've been drawing forever and i just want to get my hands on the material and i just want to be you know doing the thing and i want to be making sawdust <laughs> It's not worth it, man. Just don't do it. <laughs> Finish the drawings. Make yourself suck it up and, and suffer through it because you're going to be grateful for it later. And if not, you, you might find that you're a little bit... Um, uh, you suffer for it later. My, my dad's expression that he always put to us was, if you can't learn you'll have to feel and I've spent an awful lot of time uh, 
on the feeling side of the spectrum. So I'm trying to learn in my age and wisdom to um, learn a little bit more. So, but you know, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> um, I I also believe in the value of your mistakes and your errors. So, eh, you know. <clears throat> this is a uh, best practices guideline and however you actually decide to go down that path in your own life then bless you um regarding your your just various views of your drawing um like i said you want to have your your elevations you want to have that planned view if it's a more complicated piece you need more complicated drawings which is to say if you're doing a, a four-piece spice rack then um, maybe it, you're going to be able to pull it off with a far simpler drawing if you're doing a, a frame and panel construction uh, case piece then you're going to need more cutaway versions of the plan view so that you can uh, actually draw out those web frames actually draw out how all that joinery is going to come together because at some point you want to have that recipe to go back and look at and yeah I don't know I was going to make a brilliant analogy about how you know if you've got the recipe you can kind of di divert from it a little bit um, but then if something starts going wrong, you can kind of go back to your recipe and be like, okay, how was I supposed to have done this? <laughs> but, um, well, you know, honestly, in woodworking, it does seem to end up that way a fair bit. Whether or not you plan to divert from it, you've got your drawings, but something inevitably is going to end up just a little bit different. You know, like if you're doing curves or if one cut goes slightly different you're like you know what the whole piece it's gonna be an eighth of an inch shorter in this dimension and that's fine <laughs> and and we adjust our measurements and we move forward from there so um, it is good to have the reference point the whole way through and then be able to um, divert from it when needed so yeah once you've got that material then you're actually able to make a cut list if you've got all of these drawings and you've got you know what pieces you actually need then you can make a very very clear and very accurate cut list and this is going to allow you to go purchase material in an effective way so rather than kind of go like hmm i think it's going to take this much material to do this project then you're going to be able to actually draw out on the boards um, as you're getting them what these different pieces are going to be and it's going to allow you to also make more efficient use of the lumber because if there's crowning or twisting or something going on in the boards which is you know uh, it's almost inevitable and it depends on the lumber yards excuse me uh it depends on the lumber yard around you whether you're going to be able to be very particular some lumber yards don't allow you to just pick and choose through the entire pile some places are very very generous and kind about this uh but some places they're like no you pick from the top of the pile and that's what you get so um you have to figure out how to work well with the materials that you have 
at hand and uh, having a really accurate cut list is going to make that possible and it's going to make it possible for you to say like okay this section of the board is straight and clear and doesn't have knots and I'm going to be able to get this piece from here and I'm going to be able to get that piece from there and one of the other things that it's going to save you from is getting to that point where you realize that you don't have enough material you need to go back and buy more and just because something's from the same species of wood does not mean it's going to look at all like the previous pieces that you've bought you're going to be way better off matching your project if you are able to purchase all of the material you need in one shot and hopefully be able to get things that are uh, from the same tree or closely matched or have a similar look so that you can have some consistency to your piece. That kind of gets you up to the point where you're actually uh, launched on making your piece. So hopefully this has been useful material for you. And uh, if you have questions or comments, feel free to write in to me at catfink at gmail.com. That's K-A-T-F-I-N-C-K. Um, and if you're interested in joining me on Patreon, we've got all kinds of interesting things going on over there and patron specific content that's happening on that page. So feel free to check me out over there. Uh, that's it for this time around. So thanks so much for joining me and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.